You're listening to Healthline, where you receive inspiring messages and helpful health tips. For over two decades, Modern Mana has empowered individuals to achieve a healthy lifestyle, from health expos and detox programs to TV and radio shows. If you are ready to improve your health, then let's get started. you a short bio of Dr. Sang Lee. Um, very interesting man, and I think you'll really enjoy this show today. It says, over the past eight years, New Life Institute has helped thousands of people with serious health problems gain a new lease on life. Patients suffering from illnesses as diverse as obesity, diabetes, depression, and cancer have recovered from often terminal conditions by participating in New Life Institute health programs, formerly known as Korean New Start. Um, the New Life Institute was founded by Dr. Sang Lee, a renowned allergy specialist. After he became a Christian in 1982, Dr. Lee left his lucrative Newport Beach practice to join the medical staff at Weimar Institute's New Start program. While there, Dr. Lee discovered that lifestyle change resulted most effectively in healing when patients learned, coincidentally, of God's love. Dr. Lee ministered to English-speaking patients for several years before founding a program for Korean-speaking patients at Weimar. Shortly thereafter, Dr. Lee became a national celebrity figure in Korea when a major television station broadcasted his exciting health lectures there for several weeks. The impact upon Korean society was outstanding. Meat and dairy prices plummeted, and the demand for fresh fruits and vegetables skyrocketed as people responded to Dr. Lee's scientifically compelling lessons on the importance of good nutrition. As a result of the unprecedented popularity of Dr. Lee's message, dozens of lifestyle programs modeled after his have sprung up around Korea. New Life Institute has a branch office there which draws hundreds of patients to each of its programs. Another branch office operates in China, while new offices are forming in other countries as well. Dr. Lee currently conducts a busy international speaking circuit, sharing his message in countries as far apart as Germany, <clears throat> Australia, China, Brazil, Indonesia, Korea, Croatia, Greece, and the United States. Dr. Lee was born on May 13, 1943, in Manchuria, China. His father was working there during the Japanese occupation of Korea. Soon after, Dr. Lee's family returned to Korea, where he grew up. Dr. Lee attended one of the most prestigious <clears throat> universities in Korea, Yonsei University, where he received his medical degree. After he graduated from medical school, he immigrated to America with his wife, and Dr. Lee received his internship training at Riverside Hospital at Toledo, Ohio. He completed his residency training in internal medicine at Wayne State University in Detroit, Michigan. He followed that with a fellowship in allergy and clinical immunology at the University of California, Irvine Medical Center. From there, he went to Weimar and is currently a staff physician with New Life Institute. Dr. Lee has two daughters, one son and one grandson. So How are you? I'm wonderful. How's Hawaii? Oh, this is beautiful here. <laughs> nice weather. And we're in Hilo. It's a very green and peaceful. 
Now, I want to start out our interview today a little bit by talking about where you came from as far as you were a very renowned allergist, weren't you? Uh-huh. Tell us a little bit about how you made the transition to natural alternative type therapies for chronic disease. Well, first of all, uh, I always want to be uh, somebody uh, who can heal Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, s- certain disease, and I thought I could. And but when I went into medical school, then as I was learning medicine, then uh, what they're teaching me is uh, you cannot really heal. We only manage the symptoms, mm. the results, and it was very disappointing. And uh, I was really disappointed. But uh, you know, uh, I became a physician doctor anyway. Uh, a lot of people want to be a physician, and uh, but I knew uh, I was not really enjoying the just simply managing the disease rather than you know healing. Mm-hmm. The healing was actually impossible, and then later on I found out which way to go really to offer the healing for the patient. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's what happened. So you <clears throat> actually became a Christian at this time, also. Uh, the, the, I think that's why <laughs> I'm telling you that, that it, because I did not become a healer myself, mm-hmm. but uh, in a way, I found out the way, you know, the patient to go to be healed. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but I did not want to be really sort of religiously uh, explain it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, as I begin to notice, you know, modern, you know, progress, progress of the molecular biology, particularly in the area of the genes and the connection with the disease, as we all know today very well, then it really began to make sense mm-hmm. uh, why, uh, why the healing has something to do with the love and truth and, uh, uh, you know, religion, actually. Mm-hmm. So you find that in your program today, now, why are you in Hawaii? I, I read where you do lectures and programs in Hawaii. Mm-hmm. And tell us specifically about what you're currently doing then and, and your program. Uh, we have a patient here, and we live together in the hotel called, this is Hilo, Hawaii, on Big Island, <laughs> called the uh, Hawaii Naniloa. A resort in Hilo, Hawaii, and we live with the patient for two weeks, and we provide very healthy diet, and uh, so we teach them how to eat and uh, uh, how to do the exercise and all other principles, and uh, uh, we give lectures and uh, teaching them uh, why what is the really true underlying cause of the disease? Many mm-hmm. people really don't know. And also, as a physician myself, uh, you know, when I open up my textbook, cause unknown. You know, almost all disease cause unknown. <laughs> uh, but, you know, ultimate cause is really unknown. But uh, uh, I believe the ultimate cause of the disease really lies in our everyday lifestyle. Mm. And uh, the reason why I'm saying this is when we really change the lifestyle, I think, I think everybody knows this in their, in their heart, really. Uh, but, uh, you know, since people do not want to change their everyday lifestyle and habit and so on, 
It's simply we have some kind of subconscious resistance to admit that the, the true ultimate cause of the disease lies in our lifestyle. So we, we really change the lifestyle. And then we see the really amazing results. And, uh, but, but this kind of amazing results, uh, if I have time and I can tell you all these uh, individual uh, situations. Sure. But, um, this amazing situation is definitely possible because today we know that uh, uh, almost all the disease are really uh, disease are, you know, in the gene. Actually, mm-hmm. you know, like when I was in uh, medical school in 1960s, we really did not know anything about cancer. Why cancer develop? You know, now today we know cancer is even genetic. Why mm-hmm. cancer is uh, caused by the alteration and damage uh, to the gene itself. Mm-hmm. And the gene eventually changes when gene changes because gene determines the character and the function of the cells. Right. So that's why when gene changes, the cell's character function changes. It mm-hmm. becomes cancer cell, abnormal mm-hmm. cell. Mm-hmm. And uh, now the question is, can gene become back too normal. Good question. Mm-hmm. That's right. This is the most uh, amazing million-dollar question. Uh, you know, so we can really say yes or no that the cancer can be really truly healed. Right. And uh, uh, for instance, you know, we have a benign tumor and a malignant tumor. The only difference. A lot of people think benign and malignant tumor is two entirely different entity, but that's not true. It is benign tumor means. The, the cells, the gene damage is, is only minimum. <laughs> so it didn't become malignant yet. But uh, benign, all benign tumor is on its way to become malignant. Really? Okay. Depending upon how much gene damage is gonna, uh, going mm-hmm. to come. Mm-hmm. Uh, particularly when finally, when like, uh, uh, you know, we call the anti-cancer gene, uh, uh, or sometimes we call the P53 genes or any other genes in other tumors, uh, when they are, you know, altered, then it finally become malignant. You know, so, but we all know, we all medi- uh, medical scientists all know, the benign tumor can come back to normal. Right. And that's why we say, oh, this is benign, so you don't have to really worry about it. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, so. Let's focus on this. If benign tumor can come back to normal, that means gene damage can be repaired, mm. right? That's why it can come back to normal. So it is only a matter of degree, whether it's benign or can, you know, malignant cancer. So therefore, the malignant cancer gene, which is so severely damaged and altered, can also come back to normal. That's outstanding. If you, if you remove mm-hmm. the underlying cause that caused the gene alteration, gene damage anyway, see. And this is, uh, this is amazing, you know, sort of general principle we're depending upon. If we cannot really do uh, this kind of uh, lifestyle program and uh, we can, you know, give a lecture unless there is, you know, sort of basic uh, principle that the more old altered damaged gene can become normal when when it is when it is needed to become normal you know that remove the cause that is outstanding what's going through my mind right now dr lee is mm-hmm. there was a report i recently read where they took a number of 
people, men in their 50s, et cetera, who had di- recently died and, and um, did a biopsy on the prostate gland and said that every one of them had cancer. Mm-hmm. And, and in essence, what they were seeing, is it the, the degeneration or the gene as it's changing from benign to malignant because mm-hmm. of the stages of, of, of deformity and damage that's happening as a result of this lifestyle they're living? Yes. Uh, but the reason why we say it's a lifestyle is the basically, you know, the people call it uh, call something called carcinogen. Right. There's a specific chemicals, uh, radiation, so on, and uh, definitely directly damaging the gene and altering the gene. <laughs> Uh, but we do not really eat carcinogen all the time. We do not inhale carcinogen all the time. Of course, if you smoke cigarette, mm-hmm. uh, air pollution, we all <clears throat> inhale some carcinogens. But not all people develop uh, cancer just because you inhale carcinogen. Why? Because whenever, uh, let's say you uh, <clears throat> inhale uh, secondhand smoking, you know, right. and there's a lot of carcinogen. And obviously, that carcinogen will come into your, uh, your, your, your lung, and it can irritate some genes and may change some genes. But uh, whenever the gene change happens, then uh, that cell dies. Mm. But uh, when you have a cancer, for some reason, that cell, the, there's a mechanism, underlying mechanism, we call it the programmed cell death mechanism. Whenever gene is altered, some, somehow that uh, gene, uh, that cell dies. You know, they commit suicide in a way. <laughs> but uh, when you, the cancer patients, the, the mechanism of committing suicide is not working very well. Mm-hmm. And it is, you know, then there's another gene which controls that suicide mechanism. So it's all in the gene today. Mm-hmm. So that's why it is when you have a certain gene damage, then you cannot even suicide. Right then this abnormal cells sort of keep on living on, become cancer cells. Right. So that's why we must look into why there are so many people who have gene damages and then they uh, eventually that the genes are not really properly controlled. So, but the most, uh, the biggest problem in our lifestyle is, I, I, I like to call it oxygen-free radical. Right. Yeah. Oxygen-free radical is developing, uh, actually even manufactured within your cells when you're under severe emotional stress <laughs> and when you're overeating or you are overworking, overexercising, you know. Mm-hmm. Whenever you push yourself beyond a certain limit, then your body must manufacture more energy because when you're under severe emotional stress, uh, then you got to produce some kind of energy to act your anger and hatred and so on. Mm-hmm. And you must consume a lot of stored uh, you know, nutrients to burn it. To burn more than what you need, you must provide more oxygen. You know? But there is not much oxygen is provided. And then finally, in, within your cell, the oxygen-free radical is generated. Mm-hmm. And right. this oxygen-free radical is a very crazy oxygen which which like to combine and oxidize anything available. Eventually, it uh, hits a gene and uh, alters genes. So, 
uh, I think it is uh, not really right to find out exactly specific carcinogens for the specific cancer. You know, we all sort of trying to connect the specific right. carcinogen is causing specific cancer. Mm-hmm. But, but that's very minimum effect. Mm-hmm. I think the most vast majority of the cancer patients basically produce more, uh, uh, you know, oxygen-free radical in their own lifestyle. And also, by eating wrong way, unhealthy food, particularly high-fat content food, fried food, you know, uh, uh, we, we're actually introducing larger, you know, uh, altered oxygen-free radical uh, within, uh, into ourselves. So in our diet, in our lifestyle, overworking, you know, uh, angry, you know, we're in hurry so much. And all these factors are generating too much oxygen-free radical. See, that's why we must change diet, which provide uh, something wonderful called antioxidant. Right, and that's, I, I, the more we read and see the latest research in, <clears throat> in cancer, what's amazing to me is we, I, I, it seems that we're kind of making a move now from not only claiming that preventative medicine mm-hmm. is needed in America to ward off diseases like heart disease and cancer, but they're now leaning to the um, admitting that this type of diet may even reverse malignant tumors. Uh, yes, uh, statistically, they're seeing some kind of phenomena like that. You know, some uh, that uh, like a beta carotene, mm-hmm. one of the uh, antioxidant, is involved in reversing the cancer. But it is, uh, I don't think that really makes sense. Why? Because the Reversing cancer means, specifically, it means it's a, uh, uh, repairing the gene. Mm-hmm. The gene repairing is like a gene is uh, made of uh, DNAs. Right? Mm-hmm. Uh, how beta carotene can uh, repair the gene? Mm-hmm. I, I don't think beta carotene can, uh, can uh, you know, do that. Right, but right. what beta carotene does is beta carotene as an antioxidant, they protect the damaged mm-hmm. gene. Right. For the further irritation from uh, oxygen-free radical. Mm-hmm. So when you leave the gene alone, now we are talking about something very, inter- uh, very important. When your gene is protected from further irritation from oxygen-free radical, from your diet or whatever, from your life, everyday life, then what you need is something else to stimulate that gene repair. Right. In the damaged gene uh, repair. Is there any kind of energy available <laughs> uh, to really imp- you know, speed up or improve the gene repair? You know, this is the key question. I like that question. Yeah, th- th- this is the really key point of our program here. So I begin to you know, explain to our patient uh, the nature of gene. Let's study. So I, mm-hmm. I lecture on the gene a lot because... Mm-hmm. Uh, all our human body is made of cells, as we know. Mm-hmm. And uh, the, the character of the cells, the disease means the character of the cells and function of the cell has been altered. Mm-hmm. Uh, so why? Because gene has been altered within the cell. So we must understand what did we do to alter the gene in our cells. And uh, so then we must learn what is the characteristics of the gene. Right. You know, I, I heard a lecture you had done in regards to where you were talking about the giraffe 
mm-hmm. that was not eating the leaves of the trees, but bones. And share, mm. share about the giraffe and that, that fish you were talking about that was the gene change that was happening mm-hmm. through, yeah. through another mechanism other than beta carotene. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, genes are, there's a switch on the gene, scientists found out, you know, the turning on switch and turning off switch. And we all know there are switches available on the gene. But today, scientists does not know what is turning on or turning off the gene. Mm-hmm. That is the, the, the biggest question. You know, the, the molecular biologists cannot really give anyone the firm answer. And I believe it is, it, it is certain kind of, like, um, you know, today, uh, like, a, you know, there's a, we can we can uh, have some kind of animal, you know, to respond to certain, like a light beam, mm-hmm. like a laser beam. When you, when, when a cell, like in our retina, received light, uh, then, you know, uh, the, the, there is a receptor on the surface of the cell, respond to the light, light signal. The light is the particle called a photon. There's a photon receptor. You know, because our cells are so intricate, and it is ready to respond to the outside signal, even such as light. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, uh, the light means energy, right? Mm-hmm. Light is a wave. At the same time, it's a particle. So we call light is a, in duality. And I feel like a, the, uh, the thing we call love, you know? Mm. The love might be, you know, that kind of active energy, mm. you know, um, uh, which is able to stimulate uh, certain receptor on our cell, which this is sort of crazy proposition. But, uh, <laughs> but uh, when you, or maybe gene is actually able to vibrate, you know, the DNA, the vibration rate of the DNA is amazing. You know, the scientists found out. Our DNA, like uh, when we listen to the FM radio, it's a megahertz area, right? 90 megahertz. You know, uh, uh, megahertz means what? The million uh, vibrations per second, right? Mm-hmm. But you know what? Our gene is able to vibrate gigahertz. <laughs> 52 to 78 gigahertz vibration. So Amazing. I really feel, because, you know, our eardrum only can vibrate like a 20 to 20,000 hertz, not even megahertz, mm. kilohertz. So each tissue has, each organ has its own range of vibration. And uh, so I think love has, when we love someone, when we give love someone, and there's invisible waves going, the mm-hmm. energy wave going, and that vibration of the uh, range is, I think it's a gigahertz range. <laughs> and that's why our gene, the uh, gene mm. vibrates, so that's why we call it, we are touched, you know? Mm. And I don't think anyone can really prove or disprove it. But uh, we actually use word language that, oh, I am moved, I am touched, the tears come yes. down. Yes. You know? And actually, in animal experiment, we can actually prove indirectly, because when mother rats have a baby rat, you know, mother rats keep on licking the baby rat. Mm-hmm. And uh, scientists are very curious. 
And uh, so they, while they're giving exactly the same uh, quantity and quality of food, uh, they separated some of the baby rats away from mother rats. And then they observed uh, the separated uh, baby rats are not growing very well. And then they later on found out when they bro- uh, draw the blood, and they found out there's a difference in the level of the growth hormone. Mm. Because the rats, baby rats, uh, separated away from mother rats, a much lower level of the growth hormone. You know what that means? It is activity of the growth hormone producing gene is slowed down. <laughs> Why? Because it is not receiving enough energy or mm. vibration mm. from mother love, you know, mother rats love. Isn't that beautiful? You know, there's a lot of evidences uh, I I sort of collected and that sort of reveals sort of indirectly that the gene might be vibrating. You know, vibration is is too much of sort of a new age style of uh, uh, description. But I think love is a certain, uh, even a certain beam, you know, Mm -hmm. Uh, like our cells are designed probably specifically to react to that. You know, that's why we we do react uh, to love differently from anger or hatred. See, you know, I have heard so many times that uh, you know somebody who's who's living mm-hmm. a healthy life, who's mm-hmm. following a a high fiber, high plant food type of life, still gets cancer. Yeah, and I find something interesting as. There's bad marriages, there's broken hearts, there's mothers and fathers battling in front of their child and the child gets osteosarcoma in the leg and and things like this. And and I believe that emotions play a tremendous part in disease. You know, experimentally, experimentally, when you experiment with a rat, when you give a rat the psychological stress like uh, you you know record uh, uh, you know cat meow sounds you know mm-hmm. and then uh, then then you know make them hear that uh, you know the meow and then give electric shock you know bad noises you know what happened you know what they observed mm. they specifically saw the damage of the gene in liver cell really by oxygen free radical simply from the psychological stress, you know. So it is. There's invisible sort of a. In other words, there's a different vibration, different kind of wave, energy wave is transmitted into the cell, and uh, and the you know it becomes stressful. Then uh, then oxygen-free radical is produced, and it is damaging the gene. So and and obviously that's why when you see when whenever that's right. It's my experience that whenever I talk. To a cancer patient, we have a lot of cancer patients. We have amazing, really, results, and uh, uh, and they, you know, they usually find the cancer after you know terrible, you know, sort of a stressful emotional, uh, you know, situations, <laughs> and uh, which is very common. <laughs> That's true. In healing, in the healing art, Doctor Lee, mm-hmm. in. <clears throat> allopathic medicine mm-hmm. we use chemotherapy and radiation and and surgery as our three major modalities for mm-hmm. trying to eradicate cancer mm-hmm. and the medical profession sad to say is failing miserably with these techniques they're not saving high numbers of people that's um it's still 
constantly in experimentation, you know, it seems. But on the flip side now, you have been involved in change of lifestyle, um, alternative type approaches. And, and now as you've grown in your work and ministry, you're finding the, the insatiable need of humans for love. Mm-hmm. And, and I, I've heard you speak on this once before, and I was so moved by the presentation because you were showing people that, I mean, inside right now, I believe that everybody out there is dying for love. Uh-huh. Yes, that's true. And God is the source of that love. Yeah, I myself is craving for love. <laughs> <laughs> I crave it more than a good strawberry smoothie, you know? <laughs> As we get older, you know, it becomes more realistic. It's more needed. And I think a lot of people pretend that it's the other way around. Yeah. As we get older, we don't need it. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but I like to be really honest to myself. And as I study, you know, this healing process, it becomes so obvious that love is a life. Actually, you know, when we are the cell, we are the cell, we're the collection of the cell, because we begin in our mother's womb. Mm-hmm. When we are formed for the first time, the very moment we're formed, we're simply a single cell. The single cell has no conscious right. consciousness. You know, it only receives the energy called love to to really multiply. Mm-hmm. You know, so without love, the multiplication. I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> it's uh, you know like a like a cloning. Like uh, today we we talk about cloning, and I I give a lecture on cloning to my patient. Cloning of the Dolly. <laughs> uh, I found out something very fascinating in cloning process. You know, isn't it in- interesting? In in artificial uh, cloning, uh, you need artificial electrical stimulation. Mm. But uh, in mother's womb, mm. normal pregnancy, mm-hmm. you don't need to give that electric shock. That's beautiful. Where is that electric shock coming from? I think it is. God's love. Mm. Uh, it is just like as I, you know, you, you, you were there in my presentation that you saw the slides that, mm-hmm. uh, you know, that the, in a in tropical ocean that, uh, you know, tra- some of the traffic fishes, you know, that sex change happens. Right. Without, you know, water pollution. And uh, why? Because when uh, female ma- male sex, you know, balance is, is uh, tipped, uh, then uh, the female become male within three, four days, which was on the cover of the science news magazine mm-hmm. in October 24th of the 96. So it was for self-preservation. Yeah. So, so whenever I see that, yes, because there's a somebody. It's God is behind the scene, busy maintaining you know, the, this, the, the ecology, ecological system. Mm-hmm. And so he is actually counting number of the fishes with how many males and females. He's really <laughs> busy nowadays <laughs> because we human beings are disturbing these ecological balances. Right. And indeed, it sounds like what Bible says is right, like he's counting even our hairs. Right. You know? right. So this kind of assurance, this kind of sort of enlightenment, yes, there is someone 
who's in charge of my gene. Mm-hmm. And this is great awakening. I call it the meaning, new meaning. Mm-hmm. And why? Because I, I call the meaning is the driving force of the healing, I call it. Why? Mm-hmm. Because it is, the meaning is created by love. You know, so I give, when I give a lecture, I usually say this thing. Like, in our life, there is something called the truth and the fact. Today, in our life, truth and the facts are all mixed, you know. Uh, we don't know what is fact means, what is truth means. We, we say truth is fact, fact is truth. We're so confused. But in fact, truth and fact sounds like it's the same thing. Mm-hmm. But it is a night and day differences. Mm-hmm. What is the differences? You know, uh, when when man and uh, uh, husband and wife is in love, in, truly in love, and then you know they're just married, they're so much in love. Then husband look at the wife, beautiful bride, and <laughs> honey, honey, you're my wife. You know that really makes wife so happy. In other words, because the love in that word, honey, you're my wife, mm-hmm. has power. It has energy to stimulate the gene in the brain cell, which may be producing endorphin, endorphin gene exactly. stimulation. Mm-hmm. But maybe 30 years later, when love is gone, honey, you're my life, you're my wife. Wife says, so what? There's no <laughs> gene activation. We call that fact. Why? Because she's still your wife. <laughs> I think lots of people live a factual life. <laughs> so I call the gene wants truthful life. See, when, when there's a love, this love produces meaning. Hmm. Because when there's no love, you're my wife does not mean anything. Hmm. There must be love to produce meaning and beauty. Hmm. Even you say, honey, you're my wife, is beautiful. Right. This love has that magical power to produce meaning and beauty. So that's why when, it is, when there's something, it becomes meaningless. Your life, you begin to sense it's meaningless. Then it's the beginning of the, mm-hmm. really, uh, the health problem. It- and that's why when, when I really present this, there is the whole universe, we see the space. It's not empty. It is full of what? It is full of meaning and beauty. Why? Because there is love. Mm-hmm. Why? Because God is love. Mm-hmm. And therefore, when gene responds to the love, then we have hope. Because when we give a meaning to that power, then our gene perceive more love. Just like uh, this, you know, like a Pavlov's experiment of the, of the, the, in the conditioned yeah. reflex. Mm-hmm. Like a, first day, you bring the dog, you ring the bell. You know, dog don't know how to respond. It, it, it is meaningless. Dog doesn't respond. But when you begin to give a new meaning uh, to the bell sound, Mm-hmm. Then after one week, you ring mm-hmm. the bell even without meat, dog salivate. The saliva gene is activated by the, not just by the sound itself. It is what? The meaning which is given to the sound mm-hmm. of the bell. Mm-hmm. It's, that's what I call the meaning is the power of the gene. Meaning is the, really the life of the gene. So that's why when you begin to find, when... That's why I think religion is, is, is essentially important in healing process, mm-hmm. scientifically speaking, because when you acknowledge there's a God who loves you, right. that's why it is very important to do the Bible study mm-hmm. to reveal how much God loves you specifically. Mm, so that's why I, I present that 
specifically in, in you know in very in detailed situation where is how God reveals his love in his Bible <laughs> so people can be touched whenever people are touched by the love of God by our volunteers love by our staff's love mm. you know I know there's definite healing that's why we we have seen amazing results like terminal stage of lung cancer patient is completely healed and the liver cancer we see just it's it's that you cannot even talk about that. I, I kind of feel a little bit ashamed as a physician because statistically speaking this is a ridiculous thing to talk about <laughs> I can imagine but, but we see in <laughs> this kind of setup you know like I, I call this when we when you have a clean diet healthy diet drinking water instead of uh, so we, we really emphasize water drinking clean air and uh, uh, you know rest and we teach the temperance and then we and rest then we prepare the cell and make cell clean then get that ready uh, that, that that gene in the cell ready to receive the power of the meaning the beauty the power of the love the truth not the fact <laughs> lots of people only are seeking the fact how to treat this disease factually right there's an energy is lacking the essence is lacking. You know, you must have seen a lot, must see a lot of tears in your work today, Dr. Lee. Oh, this is, this is, this is because you know, every day we are, we are spending very moving day, you know, because without sort of moving, without being touched, the gene does <laughs> not really you know, respond. So it is, I do not really, you know, sort of play emotional game. Because I am presenting this kind of enlightening truth, and that truth touches the genes of the, my patients. <laughs> and that's why my patients have sort of amazing results. So are you getting more cancer patients today in your, in your oh, program? There are many cancer patients, more cancer patients, yes. And you are seeing some excellent results as a result of incorporating God's love as part of their remedy. That's right. When... when when I talk to the patient about these scientific proofs, the evidences, uh, I cannot say proof, you know, mm-hmm. but the, the, the indirect evidences uh, of the how love works as energy, how love energy influences the gene. And I, I really, really go in detail with the, the genes works. Mm-hmm. And uh, then people eventually really understand that, the, you know, anything, uh, particularly gene, must uh, they do respond to the outside energy because it's uh, you know anything any kind of uh, substances uh, must respond to the outside influence of the energy and uh, uh, but uh, we are specifically a human being we're living creature the difference of the living creature from non-living creature is what living creature structure is able to respond to the specific energy called the love non-living creature do not respond to the energy called love. Right. That's how I, I like to distinguish the difference between living and non-living creature. But so many human beings who is a living creature is living like a non-living creature. Mm-hmm. Well, this moment, I am so convicted and, and so moved by what you're saying 
that I want to go hug my wife. I want to call her right now and tell her I love her. And yes. You know what I'm saying? I am because I, I know you're breaking through to me to where, you know, you leave in the morning and you give her a peck on the cheek. And when's the last time you've embraced each other and just said, honey, I really do love you? Yeah. Whether there is really energy or not, when you embrace, when you give a hug, when you give a, a little kiss on the cheek, is it factual or is it truth? Mm. You know, we, we must re-examine ourselves. So if, if anybody conclude, yes, I'm actually, I pretend I'm loving, you know, my wife, then it is a loss for you, it's a loss for her. That's right. A, That's right. Lose, lose game. Absolutely. Then, you know, I realize myself too. You know, uh, we're all hypocrite anyway. Yeah. And uh, we're all sinner. We cannot really love properly. We need to receive the love from the source of the love, who is God. You know, this, yeah. it, it, it shows me too in the spiritual realm that, that we, can be, we can go by the name of Christian, but unless we have a connection and a love relationship with God, uh-huh. we're really empty. That's right. Because we must be filled, you know, filled. It's like a, it's like a, you know, uh, plant pot. You know, the, <laughs> the water must be, you know, given uh, mm-hmm. for the plants to live. Uh, that's what, it's just like that. The love must be poured in mm-hmm. as the life-giving water uh, for the plants like myself and other people, you know. So we, we all must receive from the source of this wonderful uh, water of life. He said that, uh, well, uh, well, I know that God, uh, you know, made the giraffe to eat the bone, uh, because giraffe cannot, uh, you know, uh, have the, any kind of intelligence to eat the bone, and I know that. I said the same thing can happen to you, even though you don't know how to do it. Mm-hmm. God can tell you what to do. Then he says, I've never been to church. I said, the giraffe has never been to church. <laughs> <laughs> and then, then he says, oh, you are right. And he, then he says, then what shall I do? I said, God is waiting for you to ask, because that's what exactly Jesus says, ask, and it will be given to you. Mm-hmm. He said, is that right? But I don't know how to ask. Then he says, actually, I want to succeed. Even though I cannot do it by myself, if he can do it for me, uh, then I want to succeed. Could you help me? So could you ask for me? Mm. I said, of course. So we hold hand, and I prayed, oh God, his mind is now open, and he knows he cannot do it by himself. Could you help him? Let him pray and answer him, and then let him express his love to his wife in truth. And you know what? His amen was so powerful. <laughs> amen. I was so, <laughs> so <laughs> surprised. And, and then he began to pray. Sincerely. Mm. And you know what happened? What happened? Three days later, his wife left a, cup and a pair of socks on the carpet. And, you know, and then she went out walking while he was taking a little nap. And as he woke up, it came into his mind that why don't I wash my wife's socks? Which he never, never, never had that kind of idea before. It was a strange idea for him. Why? Because he never cared for his wife. 
But now he wants to express his love to his wife. He wants to have a love coming from God, so he can. He wants to love, and you know, God gave him that idea, and he thought, yes, it is not my idea. It is idea came from God. So he picked up the socks, and he went into the, you know, bathroom, and he turned on the hot water, and as he washed his this dirty pair of socks, and as he see the dirty water comes out, then he really felt. That you know all this dirty feeling, anger, you know hatred, uh, this is just just being squeezed out of his heart. It's beautiful. And then he felt so happy, and almost ecstatic. And he put it on the, the top of the uh, you know the, the sliding glass door mm-hmm. of the, the bathtub. <clears throat> and then he felt wow, you know. He did not know how to express love to directly to his wife. Now this is totally indirect way. God suggested, and he sensed happiness. Yes, expressing love make me happy. And obviously, I know God's love energy was radiating on his genes. You know, that's why he <laughs> feels happy. And maybe he's producing his gene endorphin gene is producing lots of endorphin, and he almost become ecstatic. And then his wife came in, and his wife was worried, you know, about these dirty socks. Then she could not find out. Then she realized, husband, you know, washed it. And then when she turned around, they met in the bath. Bathroom, and they gave hug each other. That oh. was the first hug in 25 years. No, you know what happened? After that hug, that woman came crying and came to my office. Oh, Doctor Lee, let me tell you what happened. My- we, Doctor Lee, we have just two minutes. I hate to yeah. cut you short, but but we have another program we're going to have to do. But continue on, please. Yeah, my my husband did this, and you know what? Same night, the first night they slept together, and then next day, you know, they, she found that she didn't need uh, uh, sleeping pills last night. Praise the Lord! And arthritis went, and his blood pressure came down. Ah. Love is soothing and healing. Changed gene. Ah, that's you a know. beautiful story. That's right. But this is this is we call miracle of God happen. It can happen in very you know, everyday life, actually. I wish we had another hour. We may have to do this again. I want to hear the rest of these stories. Well, I have a lot of very exciting stories, touching, moving, you know, real story. Thank you for tuning in, and we hope you have been motivated by this show. To connect with us and receive more information, you can follow us on Facebook, YouTube, and modernmana.org. See you next time.